Hello and welcome to episode 18 of the Stand or Fall podcast. And this is going to be a pretty impromptu um, episode. It is not, it's kind of based on a paper, like I'm cutting out. Basically, the gist of this is in uh, this week's studying um, through the Come Follow Me curriculum uh, this week, the... um, the discussion in the Book of Mormon, the timeline of it is we we are in, let's see, so for April 27th through May 3rd, um, we covered Mosiah 7 through 10, and then May 4th through 10th is Mosiah 11 through 17. And so there's, there's a scripture in here um, in Mosiah 15, the beginning of it that gets kind of interesting and the critics attack the church because of this. And, um, anyway, I talk about this a lot in that nature of God paper that I wrote and then did the podcast on that's almost three hours long. I'm assuming most of you haven't listened to it all just because it's so long. And in all reality, it is, um, it teaches a doctrine of the Godhead that is completely different than what we believe in right now. So I think it's kind of hard to listen to. Um, but like I've said, I, I believe like that's what a, a Mormon um, convert to the church back in the 1830s would have believed about God until the nature completely changed uh, in the in, in Nauvoo. And then that teaching has continued on through through this current day. And we often skip over um, Mosiah 15 because it's hard. It's, it's hard to look at. And I kind of looked in through here, like going through the material, um, like the talking points and You know, it, it asks, how is Jesus Christ both the Father and the Son, but they are separate beings? Um, well, we can talk about that, right? And so I just want to go through and spend these next few minutes just a quick, just briefed overview of how I understand Mosiah 15 and then all the the nature of God stuff have what have been it I taught Um and so it's it's going to be basically cut out from that nature of God paper, and then we're going to tie this stuff in. Um, so here we go, and I want to start here. And once again, the nature of God. This is why all of this matters to me. Um, you know, can we have tweaks here and there that are? We've gotten off track, or the traditions of men that we follow sometimes. Um, end of the day, are they going to keep us from God? No. It's having a true understanding of the nature of God. Is that going to keep us from God? Absolutely. And so that's that's why this matters so much to me. Um, and and it's hard. Uh, we had, I mean, this is a couple weeks ago. 
um, we were discussing some scripture and around the table with the family and you know, our uh, nine-year-old kind of just probably the most like sensitive to all this stuff and like well dad i don't understand like you know and i don't remember everything she said but it was like you know you say god and jesus are the same person there there's one person mom you say there's two different people like yada 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 like how do we and you know i don't remember everything she said but you know i haven't i've really shut this up um i'm tired of the fight it's not fun to have these discussions at home and it's it's hard um and like i've felt like over the period of all you know of all this stuff like I, i can't really i haven't had the opportunity to just tell my kids what i believe and um um without there being opposition or the, the defense always, always around the corner. And so I've shut, I've shut it all in and I've not discussed these things with my kids and, and that's on me. And I think part of the teaching point to them is, Hey, people can have differences of opinions. I mean, we do it with politics. We do it with um, sports teams. We do it with activities we like or don't like. You know, and and why can't that be the same with religion? Even in our own homes. Um, You know, I grew up in a household where um, my parents believe different things. um, And that was hard seeing that. And, but I think it's helped me maybe in my relationship a little bit here at home because I've seen that it can work. Um, yeah, anyway, I don't like talking about my feelings and I'm talking about feelings right now. You guys know that, but let's, so let's start talking about nature of God stuff. And I want to start here. This is the lectures on faith. This is the fifth lecture or lecture fifth. Um, this is the part that got the seven lectures taken out of the Doctrine doctrine and Covenants. Um, Let's just read it here. So, in our former lectures, we treated of the being, character, and perfections and attributes of God. What we mean by perfection is the perfections which belong to all the attributes of His nature. We shall, in this lecture, speak of the Godhead. We mean the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. There are two personages who constitute the great, matchless, governing, and supreme power over all things, by whom all things were created and made, that are created and made, whether visible or invisible, whether in heaven or earth or in the earth, under the earth, or throughout the immensity of space. They are the Father and the Son. The Father being a personage of spirit, glory, and power, possessing all perfection and fullness. The Son, who was in the bosom of the Father, a personage of tabernacle, made or fashioned like unto man, or being in the form and likeness of man, or rather, man was formed after his likeness and in his image. 
He is also the express image and likeness of the personage of the Father, possessing all the fullness of the Father, or the same fullness with the Father, being begotten of him, and was ordained from before the foundation of the world to be a propitiation for the sins of all those who should believe on his name, and is called the Son because of the flesh, and descended in suffering below um, below that which man can suffer. Or in other words, suffered great greater sufferings and was exposed to more powerful contradictions than any man can be. Notwithstanding all this, he kept the law of God and remained without sin, showing thereby that it is in the power of man to keep all the law and remain also without sin. And also that by him a righteous judgment shall come upon all flesh, and that all who walk not in the law of God may be condemned by the law and have no excuse in their sins. And he, being the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, having overcome and received a fullness of the glory of the Father, possessing the same mind with the Father, which mind is the Holy Spirit, that bears record of the Father and the Son. And these three are one. In other words, these three constitute the great matchless governing and supreme power over all things. By whom all things were created and made, that were created and made, these three constitute the Godhead and are one. The Father and Son possessing the same mind, the same wisdom, glory and power and fullness filling all in all. The Son being filled with the fullness of the mind, glory and power, or in other words, the spirit, glory and power of the Father possessing all knowledge and glory in the same kingdom, sitting at the right hand of power, in the express image and likeness of the Father, a mediator for man, being filled with the, the fullness of the mind or of the Father, or in other words, the Spirit of the Father, which Spirit is shed forth upon all those who believe in his name and keep his commandments, and all those who keep, shall, who keep his commandments shall grow up from grace to grace, become heirs of the heavenly kingdom and joint heirs with Jesus Christ, possessing the same mind that transform, being transformed into the same image or likeness, even the express image of him who fills all in all, being filled with the fullness of his glory and become one in him, even as the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one. From the foregoing account of the Godhead, which is given in his revelations, the saints have a sure foundation laid for the exercise of faith unto life and salvation through the atonement and mediation of Jesus Christ, by whose blood they have a forgiveness of sins and also a sure reward laid up in the heaven, even that of partaking of the fullness of the Father and the Son through the Spirit, as the Son partakes of the fullness of the Father through the Spirit. So the saints are, by the same Spirit, to be partakers of the same fullness, to enjoy the same glory as the Father and the Son are one, so in like manner the saints are to be one in them through the love of the Father, the mediation of Jesus Christ, and the gift of the Holy Spirit. They are to be heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. So I bring this up because of the definition of the Godhead that we get coming from the lectures of faith, lectures on faith. Um, remember, it says there are two, 
talking about the Godhead. There's Father, Son, Holy Spirit, or the Holy Ghost. There's two personages. They are the Father and the Son, the Father being a personage of spirit, glory, and power. It says nothing about having a body in there. The Son, a personage of tabernacle. All right, so there's that body figure that we talk about. And then the Holy Spirit here is defined as the mind of the Father. The fullness of the mind, glory and power, or other words, the Spirit, glory and power. The fullness of the mind of the Father, or in other words, the Spirit of the Father, So, which is shed forth upon all who believe and keep the commandments. That's the definition of the Holy Ghost that we grow up with, right? But it's this power um, that's not a personage. It's not a personage of spirit like we learn about in DNC 130, the only place that that is taught. Okay, so I bring this up as the foundation because this is what an 1830 Mormon believed. Now let's get to the material that we are going to read and try to justify that's found in the scriptures here. So let's go to, and this might be kind of choppy because I'm literally going to be sifting through this stuff on my phone. All right, Mosiah chapter 15. This is Abinadi preaching here, and he says, And now Abinadi said unto them, I would that ye should understand that God himself shall come down among the children of men and shall redeem his people. And because he dwelleth in the flesh, he shall be called the Son of God. And having subjected the flesh to the will of the Father, being the Father and the Son, the Father, because he was conceived by the power of God, and the Son, because of the flesh, thus becoming the Father and the Son, and they are one God, yea, the very eternal Father of heaven and of earth. And thus the flesh becoming subject to the Spirit, or the Son of the Father, being one God. All right, so have the mindset right now of what we just learned about in the lectures on faith, about the Godhead, about these personages. Um we learn here a Benanite's teaching. He says, God himself shall come down. He's talking about a future event. But God himself, like, if you were to say God himself, you think about God the Father when you hear this, right? It's even the capital G. It doesn't say a God shall come down and redeem his people. God's coming down to redeem his people, his spiritual, his spirit creations. And then we learn something here. Because he dwelleth in the flesh, he shall, this is a future event, shall be called the Son of God, having subjected the flesh to the will of the Father, being the Father and the Son. And he's the Father. Here's the definition of why Christ is the Father. Because he was conceived by the power of God. In the Son, because of the flesh. And now, I think about this, and I think about 
if you go back in our early history, like this is early Utah period, there are teachings from the brethren. Um, we're talking first presidency, quorum of the twelve, whatever they say is scripture until it's not and it's disavowed by the modern day apostles, but your great great grandparents would have heard these words and these teachings and thought them as scripture because it was coming from an apostle. But you have conference talks that these brethren were teaching that God came down and impregnated impregnated Mary and that is what is meant by the father or Christ being conceived by the power of God. I don't know how it worked. I don't know other than the scripture here says, I don't think that's how it happened. And neither do our modern apostles. Um, but it just says he's the father because he was conceived by the power of God. Um, and then the son because of the flesh. Now, and then down to five again, and the flesh becoming subject to the spirit or the father to the son. Well, that's weird. We learned in lectures on faith that the Father is a personage of spirit. And then right here in verse 5, it says that the flesh with Jesus Christ is, where is it again? Um, oh, yeah. Where is it? The Son, a personage of tabernacle. So tabernacle's flesh, right? The flesh, the Son, becoming subject to the spirit. So, or the son to the father. I think that's amazing how, and you can throw all this away if you want, but this is what I believe that this scripture is teaching. And it lines up perfectly with the fifth lecture on faith. Okay. Um, now let, let me get here into my notes here. Um, here's where it's going to take a long time. But link this ver link this here where it talks about they are one God, the, the ver, very eternal Father of heaven and earth. We've heard Christ being described as that, right? Um, well, look, go to Mosiah sixteen fifteen. Teach them that redemption cometh through Christ the Lord, who is the very eternal Father. And that's that's plain English, guys. It's very plain. Why is he the father? You know, so let's link this back. And these are going to be kind of jumbled up here, but I'm, I've linked through Abinadi's teachings here, and we have again Mosiah seven twenty seven said unto them that Christ was. The God, not a God, Christ was the God, the Father of all things, and said that he should take upon him the image of man, and it should be the image after which man was created in the beginning. Or in other words, he said that man was created after the image of God, capital G, and that God, capital G, should come down among the children of men and take upon him flesh and blood and go forth upon the face of the earth. It doesn't say a God should come down among the children of men. It says 
God should, or the image of God, not the image of a God, the image of God. And Christ was the God, the Father of all things. Who do we teach about as the Father of all things today? Heavenly Father, right? Abinadi's linking this to him. And this is what got Abinadi killed. Now let's go. Here's Mosiah 13. Um, have they not said that God himself, himself should come down among the children of men and take upon him the form of a man and go forth the mighty power upon the face of the earth? Yea, and have they not said that he should bring to pass the resurrection of the dead and that he himself should be oppressed and afflicted? That's God. That's that term. God himself should come down again. It links again to Mosiah 15. And so I believe that Mosiah here was teaching that God the Father was going to come down, or God himself would come down, take upon himself the form, come in the form of man, and because of that, he he now became the son, and that the power of the Father was in the son. And so this goes back, if you haven't read or listened to the Nature of God paper, um, it's okay, and I'll, I'll just try to briefly talk about it here. But the, the ancient Israelites believed in their, this two, well, two powers in heaven, that there was these two figures that were the same, but they were different, that ruled the heavens. They were Yahweh or Jehovah. There was a invisible, like spiritual form of Yahweh. Um, and then there was this angel of Yahweh that was, it wasn't this other spiritual form um, that is seen seated on the throne not seated on the right hand of God, but seated on the throne. It's not that being, but there's this different angel that was in the form of a man, but he had the he was the angel of Yahweh, the angel of Jehovah. He was God in the form of a man, and that's that was the angel that led Moses, you know, through out of Egypt. Um, there's these two powers that are in the scriptures, these two personages that are in the Godhead. So something with the first vision, um, Joseph never described, here it taught, well, Joseph uh, learned in the first vision in the sacred grove that you know, God the Father was a resurrected man. So was Jesus Christ. He never said that in his teachings about the first vision. Um, so he saw two personages. He did. Two personages. Here in the le fifth lecture of faith, he's also talking about two personages who constitute the great matchless governing supreme power over all things. Father being a personage of spirit, the son a personage of tabernacle, so he's also describing two personages here. All right. Um, 
So I think that's what Mosiah's talking about here, guys. And let's keep looking through some scriptures here. Um, and here's just the notes I have for Mosiah 15. It says, it links through to show how the Father and the Son are the same God. Mosiah 15 shows how the Son is constantly identified with the flesh and the Father to the Spirit. The Son talks about becoming such in the future, being subjected to the Father. Um, oh, here's a, here's a good one, too. So now here's this will go through my notes that I have linked to this scripture in Mosiah 15. This is 3 Nephi 1, 13 through 14. Um, Lift up your head and be of good cheer, for behold, the time is at hand. And on this night shall the sign be given. And on the morrow come I into the world to show unto the world that I will fulfill all that which I have caused to be spoken by the mouths of my holy prophets. Behold, I come unto my own to fulfill all which I have made known unto the children of men before the foundation of the world, and to do the will of both the Father and the Son. Of the Father because of me, and of the Son because of my flesh. Behold, the time is at hand. And this night shall the sign be given. So whoever is speaking here, he's speaking as the Father and the Son. But if you look at that, like both the Father and the Son, the Father because of me, that would be that glory and power, all perfection and fullness, which is the Father, and then of the Son, because of the flesh. So this angel of Yahweh figure back in the Old Testament, it was God in this as a personage of tabernacle, if you will, um, in the form and likeness of a man. That's why Moses could see him and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob could all see him but there was this, still a separate God figure that was beside this, but was in this angel. And this is probably getting super confusing. Um, now let's move on a little bit. Doctrine and Covenants 93, 3 through 4. And that I am in the Father and the Father is in me and the father and i are one the father because he gave me of his fullness and the son because i was in the world and made my and made flesh my tabernacle and dwelt among the sons of men so there it is that power so if jesus christ is this son of man figure from the old testament which is also and then he's linked to this angel of Yahweh or the word of Yahweh, like we find in John 1, this word personage. He came into the world with the power of the Father, but when he became flesh, he became the Son that way. Um, 
I'll check this out here. Mormon 9, 12. Behold, he created Adam. By Adam came the fall of man. And because of the fall of man came Jesus Christ, even the Father and the Son, and became of G- and because of Jesus Christ came the redemption of man. Jesus Christ, even the Father and the Son. So if Christ was this, hold on, I'm going to stop this. i got to add a recording. So it links up with what is taught again. And now let's go to Ether 3.14. Behold, I am he who was prepared before the foundation of the world to redeem my people. Behold, I am Jesus Christ. I am the Father and the Son. And in me all mankind shall have life, and that eternally. Even they who shall believe on my name, and they shall become my sons and my daughters. So you have the Father, the persons of the Spirit, where which all fullness and power and glory reside. You have the Son, who is this personage of tabernacle that came. He was the second power that the ancient Hebrews, ancient Israelites believed in. He, that personage, that figure, came into the earth and took upon himself flesh and became the Son. Um, that links here with ether. Um, it links, let me, let me try to go back without screwing this up. Like the brother Jared sees the Lord. Um, he sees God and he sees, you know, Jesus Christ. I'm the father and the son. It's pretty straightforward there. Um, see my body, which is spirit and man, have I created after my body, the body of my spirit? Like that was this figure that, that came in and was guiding Moses. And that was helping the brother, the Jaredites cross right here. Um, Eight verse eighteen in Ether three. This this man might know that he was God, having this perfect knowledge of God. He cannot be kept from within the veil, or for he saw Jesus, or he saw this angel of Yahweh. That's that's who Jesus was. That's who Jesus accounted himself as. Um. Nephi 9, 15, Behold, I am Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I created the heavens and the earth, and all things that are in them are. I was with the Father from the beginning. I am in the Father, and the Father in me. And in me hath the Father glorified his name. It's because this personage, this angel of Yahweh figure, which is Jesus Christ, after he came and received a body of flesh, the Father is in him. He put his name in him. He put his power in him. Um, gosh, there's just so many scriptures. Um, Isaiah 3.8, we kind of talked about, he shall be called Jesus, shall be called Jesus Christ, the Son of God. 
the Father of heaven and earth, the creator of all things. Um, Helaman 14.12, you might know this, the coming of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Father of heaven and earth, the creator of all things. Ether 4, um, through the unfolding of revelations say that Jesus Christ the Son of God the Father of the heavens of the earth um, Mosiah 3 5 for behold the time cometh and is not far distant that with power the Lord omnipotent who reigneth like who do we describe as being omniscient omnipresent and omnipotent uh, that'd be God the Father right um, the with power the Lord omnipotent who reigneth, who was and is from all eternity to all eternity, shall come down from heaven among the children of men and shall dwell in the clay of tabernacle. That's describing like the Father coming down and taking upon himself a tabernacle of clay. So here's another sticky... Uh, we already read that, Mosiah 16... Um, teach them that redemption cometh through Christ the Lord, who is the very eternal Father. That's plain English right there, guys. Uh, Alma 11, now Zeezrom said again unto him, Is the Son of God the very eternal Father? And Amulek said unto him, Yea, he is the very eternal Father of heaven and of earth, and all things which are in them are, he is the beginning and the end, the first and the last. And he shall come unto this people, or come into the world to redeem his people, and take, and shall take upon him the transgressions of those who shall believe on his name, and they shall, they that shall inherit eternal life and salvation come to none other. Um, so I want to finish with two scriptures here. Luke twenty-two, Luke ten twenty-two. Here's the original King James. All things are delivered to me of my Father, and no man knoweth who the Son is but the Father, and who the Father is but the Son, and he to whom the Son shall Son will reveal him. Now remember, I use this. Look at the JST translation of this. Remember, Joseph went through and added back what the great and abominable church took out of the fullness of the gospel that was in the Bible. Well, all things are delivered to me of my Father, and no man knoweth that the Son is the Father, and the Father is the Son, but him to whom the Son will reveal it. So that completely changes that right there. Joseph changed this verse to say the father is the son and the son is the father like they're they're the same so it's hard i can understand like this two powers thing makes sense to me and it just brings me further um clarification when i tie how God himself could come down and take upon himself the form of 
of man and come to redeem his people. And to me, the fifth lecture on faith really, really, really helps t- make sense of like this weird scripture that we hear about that honestly, like if you, you go to 10 of your neighbors, 10 people off the street, have them read Mosiah 15, those first five verses. And when they read it, ask the question, who's this talking about here? Like, who is this verse saying that shall come down to become flesh? It sounds like God the Father. So I, I don't believe in the modalistic view of the Godhead where there's one person that comes in different forms. So he's up in heaven right now as God the Father. Uh, he's going to come down to earth as Jesus Christ. He takes on this body and he's separate. He's going to come operate as the spirit. That's his other mode of um, existence. I don't believe he does that. And I think the lecture on faith, the fifth lecture, describes it perfectly. There's two personages, and then there's this power that comes from the Father, and that's the Spirit, that's the Holy Ghost. Um, the Son who was in the bosom of the Father, like the personage of Tabernacle, he was made to look like man, or man was made to look like him. Um, it's called the Son because of the flesh. Fullness of the glory of the Father, they possess the same mind. And then that's how they become one, is because of this fullness of the mind. And so I think about, well, they're one in purpose. They're one in purpose. That's how we just, where does it say that in the scriptures? We don't have one in purpose defined in Scripture. like, But we have this. like, Because of the Holy Ghost, um, let's go down here. You know, it's talking about those who believe. Those who keep his commandments shall grow up grace to grace and become heirs of the heavenly kingdom, joint heirs with Christ. And here's how they do it. Because they... Possessing the same mind, listen to listen to this language here. When they they believe and keep the commandments, the Spirit is shed forth on them, and they possess the same mind. And then look what happens: they being transformed. So we're going to change into the same image or likeness, even the express image of Him who fills all in all. being filled with the fullness of his glory and become one in him, even as the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one. So those who receive the Spirit under the point where they are, they become heirs of the kingdom of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ, they're going to be transformed. They are going to, it says, they'll be the express image of him. We're going to look like God. We're going to be transformed into God that way in the same image or likeness. 
That's how that happens. That's how we can become one in him. It is through possessing this fullness of the mind of the Father. So that being said, like, I know it's totally confusing. Um, there's a lot of scriptures, but I, I like, I really think like, um, like this makes sense to me. I really believe like that's what these scriptures are talking about here. And we don't need to be scared of Mosiah 15. We don't have to try to think it's troublesome. You know, it's weird. It's, uh, it's a contradiction. Um, because in all reality, like the anti-Mormons, this is what they attack the book. Well, this is one of the big attacks to the Book of Mormon. Um, like we don't need to be scared. And like, so what I believe, I believe that there is a God, the father who fills all creation. I don't know how that works. I don't, I don't understand it. He's always existed. He's, he created everything. Um, I don't know what he looks like, but he can appear. We have, you know, I mean, Joseph said he saw him. He saw two personages, right? Um, we also have, there's, I want to say that there was three, there's a few documentations of people seeing the father and the son um, in our early history. One of those men described the father as this personage of fire. Like he could tell that there was a head and there was a body and there was arms and legs, but it was like, I think he said like everlasting burnings or something like he described this fire figure. He didn't see the father. He just saw this burning fire figure. When I hear that, like I think about, oh, dang, man, like Moses in the burning bush. And I think there was two two personages in that bush. Um, there's at least two, a voice coming out and then a personage in there too. So that's like the documentation we have of people seeing the father. And then Christ, I mean, ultimately he's a, he's a tabernacle. He's in the form of a man, but I believe he was this angel figure that we find in the old Testament. Um, that was God, but wasn't God. He was God because God put his name in him, put his power in him. He had power to forgive sin. What other, what angel can do that? Well, only God, only God can do that. And this figure came into the earth, received a tabernacle of flesh, and became Jesus Christ. And so the Godhead... We have a personage of spirit, power, and glory, which is the Father, who supposedly looks like a burning man, um, and he sits on the throne. And then we have this personage of tabernacle, which is the Son of Man, or the cloud rider, or the angel of Yahweh that came in received the flesh. He was the Word. He came in, received tabernacle. He died for our sins. He was resurrected. 
and he received power over death. And because of that power, because of what he went through, we can rely and have faith upon him that through his atonement we can be saved if we believe in him, believe in his name, and follow his commandments. Those are the two personages that are in the Godhead. And then the third member of the Godhead is the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. And it's not a personage of, t- of spirit like Doctrine and Covenants section 130 teaches. The only piece of scripture where we we base our whole doctrine of the Holy Ghost being a personage of spirit um, on. And it's not. And it's this power from God. It's his mind, remember? It's his fullness of power. It's his fullness of mind. And that power is shed forth to those that believe upon his name and upon Jesus Christ. And the Father sheds that power, sheds the Spirit forth, and we can have access to that. And it can get to where it can change us, and we can become like God that way, and we will be transformed. So that's my understanding of the Godhead in a lot shorter. Actually, it's not that much shorter. Dang it. (laughs) It's 45 minutes. But it's better than three hours. So that's what I believe. Um, I hope I can have this conversation with my kids, with Lisa, um, because I I think a lot of them, and I I guarantee it I haven't described it fully, but I don't believe that there's just this one God. Um, You know, there's these two individuals that are, are the same, but they're different. Um, they're the same because of this fullness of power. And anyway, thanks for listening and peace.